0: Hello and welcome to The Board Table, a podcast from the North Carolina School Boards Association. I'm Leanne Winner, the Association's Executive Director and your host. Here on The Board Table, we want to equip North Carolina School Board members with the tools and knowledge they need to govern successfully. We also want to help school administrators, community members, and parents learn more about current issues in public education. Welcome back. In today's episode, McKenna Osborne and Justice Warren talk about the policy update process including how NCSBA stays up-to-date on policy issues and crafts each update. McKenna and Justice will then discuss the recently released fall 2021 updates, focusing on a few specific policies. I hope you enjoy this peek behind the curtain, so to speak.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Justice Warren. I'm a staff attorney in the legal legal policy department here at the North Carolina School Boards Association. Uh, much of my work with NCSPA deals with keeping our model board policy manual up to date. And uh, for better or for worse, I did a lot of work on the update we recently sent out, and that we'll be discussing today. Um, but for those of you who find issue with anything included in that update, Uh, I'll encourage you to direct those criticisms to our next guest here at the board table, McKenna Osborne. Uh, McKenna has been with us for nearly 15 years uh, working in the legal policy department and is one of our policy gurus. Uh, McKenna, you ready to talk policy? Sure. All right. Uh, So today we're going to be talking about the current fall update. Uh, But I think it will be helpful for our listeners if we use this opportunity to step back a little uh, and give them a window into our process for updating the policy manual. Um, Many of you know we typically send out updates twice a year uh, in the fall and again in the spring. McKenna, can you explain why we send out updates twice a year? of
2: course. So we've decided to send out two sub-updates each year in an attempt to strike a balance between keeping our policies up to date, but also not swamping the board with revisions for their policies every single month. We know you all have plenty of other things on your plate. So we issue our fall update at the end of September. And that's our main update that often contains a lot of changes resulting from changes to, to the state law. The North Carolina General Assembly typically adjourns in the summer. So sending out the update at the end of September gives us the chance to incorporate the state legislative changes into policy. And then to space out the policy updates, we'll release our second set of updates six months later at the end of March. So these two sets of updates, one in the fall and the other in the spring, encompass the majority of our policy revisions for the year. However, Sometimes we do end up having to issue additional special updates out of necessity. So for example, this could happen when the General Assembly adjourns later than usual, as they're doing this year. Um, If the the statutory changes aren't passed in time for our fall update, then we might not want to have to wait for months until the standard spring update, so we'll just send out a special update in between to address the changes to state law. And most often a special update is the result of some sort of impending legal deadline. And what I mean by that is that there'll be some sort of change made to a state or a federal law or regulation, and that legal change will require a policy change. If the deadline for the school systems to implement the change is prior to the next scheduled update, we'll need to issue a special update to address that very specific legal requirement. So for example, you might recall that in the summer of 2020, we issued a special update concerning our Title IX policies. Well, that was because the Department of Education had finalized its new Title IX regulations after we had already released our spring update. But the school systems had to have those new rules in place by August 14th, which was before we would be releasing that fall update at the end of September. So as a result, we had to quickly update our Title IX policies and send them out as a special update that summer so school systems could meet the federal deadline. So in that case, the changes the changes um, were to a federal regulation that prompted policy changes. But it's not always federal regulations, obviously, that lead to policy changes. So Justice, can you talk about some of the other sources that we follow to see what we need to change in our policies?
1: Sure. Um, uh, well, what, what don't we look at? Uh, so I guess I'll start uh, from the top and, and talk about the branches of the federal government Um, So, obviously, the Supreme Court will issue decisions that interpret provisions of the Constitution um, or various laws and regulations, uh, and those decisions uh, might have an impact on our policies. Um, Congress, obviously, is passing laws all the time, uh, and the president may issue executive orders uh, that similarly will bear on schools or on board policy. Um, So, those are the the branches of federal government, but there's also different federal sources. Uh, So you have all of those federal agencies um, and they are issuing regulations and making decisions. Uh, And so these things are are other stuff that might impact our policy. You know, the main agency, of course, would be the Department of Education, uh, but there's any number of federal agencies that um, the regulations will have some bearing on our policy. So uh, the Federal Communications Commission, the uh, FTC, the Department of Agriculture, the Department of Transportation. um, All of these agencies and more have um, some regulations that will bear on board policy. Uh, But I spoke about the Supreme Court earlier. Um, We're not just looking at the Supreme Court, but also the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals. North Carolina lies within the Fourth Circuit. um, So any decisions that they issue, Uh, just in the same way that the Supreme Court would issue a decision, uh, is binding on our state. Uh, In the same way that we monitor all those federal sources, uh, we have to look to the state branches of government. Uh, The North Carolina Supreme Court and the North Carolina Court of Appeals uh, may issue decisions um, that will require a policy revision. Uh, But you're also looking at uh, the General Assembly, of course, as McKenna had mentioned, Uh, And the governor's executive orders, uh, which we've seen several recently uh, dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, So in addition to that, we're also, again, looking at those agencies on the state level. um, And the big one, of course, being the Department of Public Instruction. Uh, And then one of the main sources we're looking at uh, in determining the need for policy updates is from the State Board of Education. Uh, Now, we here at NCSBA always have someone that listens in on the State Board meetings uh, so we can get a sense for what they're discussing and considering um, and learn ahead of time if there's something that might be affecting our policies. Uh, And we'll, of course, monitor any changes that they make to their policies, um, which will often result in the need for us to update our own. Uh, so when you think of all those federal and state sources, um, I like to say that my email inbox uh, t- tends to look like Santa Claus's mailbox uh, in Christmas because I'm subscribed to all of these um, different sources for email updates uh, so that we can stay abreast of all the things that are going on at those various levels of government. Uh, so those are a lot of the legal sources that we look at, but uh, it's not always a change in law that will precipitate changes to our policy. Um, So there's also sort of societal changes. Uh, And a good example of this, um, is the the drones policy and the crowdfunding policy that we created and issued in the fall of 2019. Um, Those were not the results of any legal changes, uh, but as the, the use of drones and crowdfunding became more prevalent, Uh, we saw the need to develop policies that would regulate those activities in schools. Um, Also, when the pandemic struck, uh, remote work was becoming the norm. um, So we saw the need to create uh, a new policy. We created 7503 uh, teleworking, which uh, would address a need that hadn't really existed prior. Um, And another source is from you, the listener. Uh, we love to hear from our LEAs um, and the, the school attorneys uh, giving feedback on, on what's working in our policies and what might not be. Um, you know, There's any number of times where we've changed the policy because uh, an LEA reached out to us and asked a question or um, maybe had some feedback for us about what might uh, and might not be working. Um, So that's a big one. And uh, finally, a lot of the changes that we make are uh, sort of non-substantive things that we spot as we're already working in the policies. Uh, So when we're revising a policy for one of the reasons we just talked about, uh, to address a new law, for example, we may notice other editorial changes we can make to improve the policy. Maybe we want to update some language to make it more current or change some wording for clarity, or reorganize the policy to improve its readability. Those types of changes are not strictly necessary, um, so generally we don't update a policy solely for those reasons. Uh, But when we are going to update a policy anyway for an important change, uh, we'll often make these uh, other types of minor changes to improve the policy overall. And I want to turn now to the current fall update, and maybe we can look at uh, some of these things in practice. So, uh, we issued this update on September 30th. Um, there are 30, uh, excuse me, 44 policies in the update. Uh, 36 of them have substantive changes and eight of them just minor changes. Um, we're not going to look at each individual policy today, uh, but let's look at some that are noteworthy or that can give a good window into our process of doing updates. Um, can I just highlighted many of the different legal and policy sources we look to in keeping our own policies updated. And one thing I mentioned was court decisions. So what were some policies we included in this update that were revised as a result of court decisions?
2: Well, um... We Several updates resulted and these were these look like minor relatively minor updates to our policies, but substantively it's important stuff because it is coming directly from court decisions. So um, several of them resulted from court decisions affecting the LGBTQ community. In the case Bostick versus Clayton County, three longtime employees claimed that they had been fired for being gay or transgender in violation of Title VII, that's the federal civil rights law prohibiting discrimination in the workplace on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, or origin. So on in um, June of 2020, the Supreme Court ruled in that case that an employer who fires an individual merely for being gay or transgender violates Title VII. So as a result of this, uh, we updated our recruitment and selection of personnel policy, at 7,100, to specify that Title VII protections extend to sexual orientation and gender identity. And then over the summer, um, to follow up on that case, the US Department of Ed issued a legal interpretation, which declared that the reasoning of the Supreme Court in the Bostic decision should also apply in the Title IX context. So, in other words, the Department of Ed concluded that, in light of the Bostic case, Title IX should be read as prohibiting discrimination against students based on sexual orientation or gender identity. And also in the fourth in the uh, Fourth Circuit case, Grimm versus Gloucester County School Board. The US Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit held that a school board's policy requiring students to use the restroom consistent with their biological gender violated violated Title IX. And the court also found a violation of Title IX where the school system refused to update a transgender student's school records to list him as male after he received an amended birth certificate from the state doing the same. So as a result, we updated our Title IX non-discrimination policy to acknowledge that Title IX protects against discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity. And those, I mean, it didn't look like, it wasn't big paragraphs that we added. It was just little phrases, but it seemed to it, it. We felt that it was important to point this out and clarify the meanings in our in our policies. Uh, then there was a case this summer, Peltier versus Charter Day School. Um, in that case, the U.S. appeals for the Fourth Circuit decided that the school dress codes that imposing different requirements for male and female students can be challenged under Title IX. So again, we had to update our policies as a result. We updated our dress code policies to clarify that student dress codes must be non-discriminatory and that employee dress and appearance guidelines must must be gender neutral. And then uh, finally, there was the Mahanoy case, which you've you've likely heard about this case at this point. It's gotten a lot of attention as a Supreme Court case. Um, In that case, the US Supreme Court held that schools generally have less leeway in regulating off-campus speech than they do speech occurring on campus or within the school systems, education programs, or activities. And as a result of that case, we made small changes to two policies, policy 4300, uh, student behavior policies, and also our technology responsible use policy, which is triple coded in our manual. Um, So while working on the technology responsibly use policy, we saw a need to update other parts of that policy to keep current with with current technology and how it's used in schools. Um, So this is a case where we saw that the policy did need to be changed for legal reasons, but we had all these other types of changes that we felt could improve the policy too. So uh, luckily our technology policy is very widely used by school systems in North Carolina, which we realized. And surprisingly, we found that the other school systems outside of the state have been using our policy. Um, So that afforded us an opportunity to go to look and see how other school systems have modified the policy to fit their needs. So that gave us a lot of changes that we could consider making to our base policy for improvement. So, what started as a small update turned into a pretty extensive revision to the policy, and we owe a lot of those changes to the work that some of you have already done to improve your policies. so this um, this really just goes to show how a need for a small change in a policy can result in many more changes in an effort to improve the policy while we're already updating it. And of course, not all the policies in the update are a result of court decisions. It's actually you know just a handful every now and then. so, Justice, uh, what policies were updated as a result of state law changes?
1: Sure. Uh, Well, let's look first at uh, policy 3420, Student Promotion and Accountability. Uh, We revised this policy as a result of Senate Bill 387, uh, which was signed into law by the governor in April. That law made several changes to North Carolina's Read to Achieve program, uh, including the creation of individual reading plans, uh, requirements for LEAs to perform an, an evaluation of their literacy curriculums uh, and to submit plans to Department of Public Instruction for the literacy interventions that they intended to offer to students in need. Um, those are just uh, a couple of highlights of what's in the law. I'm not going to go into everything that's included in Senate Bill 387. Uh, but one thing to note about it is that while some of the changes to the Read to Achieve program... Are applicable to this current school year, uh, other changes will take effect for the 2022-2023 school year. Uh, As we set out to revise 3420, we were initially making revisions just to incorporate the parts of the law that are effective for this school year. Uh, But that would have meant that we'd need to update the policy again in order to incorporate the parts of the law that are effective for next school year. Uh, So we ended up finding a way to make the revisions so that we incorporated the changes effective for this school year uh, and next school year, uh, while hopefully making clear what parts of the law are effective when. I did want to bring that one up to note that uh, while it might not always look like it on the outside, uh, we are careful to limit how often we were, were revising these policies so we're not overwhelming boards and school administrators. Uh, another policy that's been revised as a result of state law changes is 2302, a remote participation in board meetings. Uh, early in the pandemic, the General Assembly created a new statute that addressed remote meetings during declared emergencies. That statute had a couple of provisions that had created some confusion. Uh, so the General Assembly made changes to it in June of this year. Uh, The statute had required boards to allow written comments related to the subject of a public hearing to be submitted up to 24 hours after the hearing had taken place. But but did that mean that the board could not take action at the hearing because it still had to allow for comments afterward? Uh, The law was unclear. So the statute was changed to allow for comments up to 24 hours prior to the hearing. Uh, And so we made that conforming change to our policy. Um, The statute also addressed, or excuse me, it did not address the issue of how the board is to give notice to the public uh, when a meeting was to be changed from in-person to remote. Uh, So the General Assembly, again, they did revise the statute and added rules for amending the notice in such situations. Um, That was another change that we incorporated into policy 2302. So hopefully, uh, the policy provision on remote meetings during declared emergencies is not something that boards will have to be using so much in the future, Uh, but it's nonetheless important for us to ensure that provision is up to date on the law in the worst case scenario that we are having to rely on remote meetings again in the future. Um, So... Um, McKenna, before before we wrap up here, are there any other policies in this update that you think are worth highlighting?
2: Yes, um, another policy I wanted us to look at is 8305 Federal Grant Administration. This policy was updated to reflect changes in federal regulation. So the update, the updates to this policy were based on amendments to the uniform administrative requirements, code cost principles, and audit requirements for federal awards. It's referred to as the uniform guidance, which is issued by the US Office of Management and Budget. Um, that was originally in 2013, and it was amended in August 2020 and adopted by the US Department of Ed as administrative rule. So the uniform guidance, guidance establishes standards for financial and program management for recipients of federal grant awards. And I wanted to talk about the changes to policy 8305 based on the changes to the federal guidance for a couple of reasons. First is to show how sometimes a tremendous amount of time and effort must be put forth to produce what appears as only like kind of small changes to the policy. So if you look at the changes in the body of policy 8305, it looks like a relatively small update. Like there are some changes to the text here and there, but <clears throat> but really, it doesn't look like a major overhaul of the policy. But to make those seemingly small revisions, it first required the review of seventy some pages of the Federal Register. And a big thank you to Kathy Boyd for doing the heavy lifting there. Um, but though the changes in the body of the policy are small, if you look at the footnoted version of this policy, so you'll. I'm sure you realize when you get the policies, we give you not only a clean version. uh, Well, uh, we give you a clean version you could use. We give you a version with um, the strikeouts in it to show you what has changed. But then we also give you a version that has footnotes added. And the footnotes are not to be adopted, but they're just to provide you with more information. So if you look at the footnoted version of this policy, you'll see that there are extensive changes in the footnotes. Which brings me to my second point. I wanted to highlight this policy to emphasize the importance of those footnotes in providing useful information to the school systems. So if you look at the changes we made in the body of the policy, it looks like we just went in with a scalpel. But if you look at the changes we made to the footnotes, it was more like a jackhammer. The uniform guidance amendments were extensive. However, we don't really include a lot of the detail from the uniform guidance in the body of the policy itself. That kind of detail is better suited for administrative regulation. But we do provide explanations of some of that detail from the uniform guidance in the footnotes to the policy. So changes to the uniform guidance necessitated more extensive changes to the footnotes of the policy where we discuss the uniform guidance. And reviewing those footnotes is a great way to understand the law behind the policies and the applicable legal requirements. Um, I also just want to mention that, as I said, much of the detail for the uniform guidance is procedural and better suited for administrative regulation as opposed to board policy. And in case you weren't aware, um, NCSBA has created an administrative regulations manual that complements our policy manual by providing sample regulations for many of our policies. So places where the policies say that there'll be a regulation, we have created some sample either regulations or some sort of format you know template for you to help you create your own regulations and so these regulations can be purchased as the whole manual or in individual sections and for policy 8305 we actually have three different regulations that include more detail from the uniform guidance so we'll be updating those regulations too to reflect the new federal rules and um, well the last thing i wanted to mention is policy 7262 that's the employee communicable disease policy and that's an example of us making changes that were not due to any specific legal change but rather to improve clarity currentness and consistency within the manual so we had updated 4230 which is a student communicable disease policy in the spring and this time around, we saw a need to revise 7262 so that our policies, these two policies that address similar subjects, we wanted them to be more similarly formatted and worded. And so we, you know, we generally speaking, we want our policies to be as usable as possible. And so we try to be careful to be consistent in how we address similar subjects, right? Um, so that's all I have, Justice.
1: Yeah, great. Um, McKenna, that's a, that's a good to point out with 7262 that uh, a lot of what we do is, is just trying to maintain consistency throughout the manual and also make sure the policies are as user-friendly as we can. Uh, and along those lines, uh, we always encourage our update subscribers to reach out to us if they have any questions about any of the policies or suggestions as to how the policies could be revised uh, to work better for their school systems. Uh, well, Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you all have enjoyed this discussion on policy updates uh, and that you've learned that there is in fact a method to the madness. And now we'll turn it back over to Leanne.
0: Thank you, McKenna and Justice. All of NCSBA staff attorneys take the time and effort necessary to ensure that subscribing districts receive thorough and up-to-date policy services. Have you ever heard the saying, if you're not at the table, then you're on the menu? Subscribe to this podcast to make sure you always have a seat at the table. If there's a topic you want us to cover in a future episode of The Board Table, let us know. You can find us on Twitter at NCSBA, Facebook at NC School Boards Association, or email us at info at ncsba.org. Until next time.